Hello. This is the recording of the 11th edition of my semi-regular Twitter space sessions. Following on from the previous space about manners and customs, it made sense to go over a bit of old ground and do a recording specifically on barefoot life. Because it's one of those subjects that it's kind of hard to get away from, given, you know, my online brand name and my apparent hippie vibes. I'm aware that while the recording took place in early autumn, I'm issuing it as a podcast in midwinter, which for many of you is not barefoot friendly weather. Still, you can imagine. Like the holiday based TV programmes I watched as a kid. Winter broadcasts for summer planning. I should have added some airy summer music in the background. Usual disclaimer, be aware this conversation took place over the phone and is then recorded directly from playback on Twitter through my sound editing software Audacity. I'm fully aware of the amount of hesitations, you know, ums, ers and ahs we do, and the best way of editing them out seems to be to not do them in the first place. I'm working on that. But it definitely shows how different I am in a live environment than a pre-recorded scripted one. Not sure how that works with any potential career I may have in radio, though. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Travel Tales from Beyond the Brochure, a podcast looking at unfamiliar places across the world and aspects of travelling you may never have thought of. I'm your host, the Barefoot Backpacker, a middle-aged Enby with a passion for offbeat travel, history, culture and the whys behind travel itself. So join with me as we venture Beyond the Brochure. Good God! Hello. Christ almighty. Hello. <laughs> Did you have fun setting that up again? <laughs> My Twitter app crashed while I was trying to do it. Oh, no. And the other problem I have with um, thing is that when before you join, I can have to invite you. And I can't. I type in your name, but it won't let me expand the box. So I can't see whether you're coming up or not. Oh, that's annoying. Yes. Isn't uh, it? I, I was listening from the beginning, but your mic was muted, so I couldn't yeah. really it. <laughs> That's probably just, just as well. I was swearing a bit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but we're here now. We're all sorted. Indeed. I was very nearly late because I got um, I got lowered. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you almost got kidnapped. <laughs> no, I did not almost get kidnapped. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm not answering your last WhatsApp, but we won't talk about that live on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did a Twitter space on that um, yes. a while ago. Yes, oh, I might mention that in a minute. Okay. So, shall we get stuck in then? Um, <laughs> so, for people who are listening or listening a little bit later, I'm Victoria Pearson, but you can call me V. And I am here with the Barefoot Backpacker, also known as RTW Barefoot here on the Twitter, who is a travel and, shall we say, lifestyle blogger who travels beyond the brochure so that you don't have to with very little luggage and rarely any shoes. Now, like you were just saying, we we do spaces fairly regularly um, and usually we would talk about various aspects of travel from planning your trip or keeping yourself safe while you're traveling. Uh, Previous spaces have gradually been appearing on the Travel Tales from Beyond the Brochure podcast 
which you can find on barefoot-backpacker.com. So if you want to catch up on any previous spaces that we mentioned, that would be where you can eventually find them. Um, this particular space is all about the barefoot lifestyle side of Barefoot Backpacker, though. Um, I've got a few questions about it myself. So I'll jump straight into the questions for you then. Um, so usually when I'm planning a space like this, um, I will ask my family what they would like to know about the topic. But this time, three of them just simply said to me, why? So that seems like a good place to start. Why do you have Ah, uh, why not? Um, so I kind of, you know, people ask me that, and I'm sure that they're expecting me to say, you know, something about what's that phrase, resonance with the earth and grounding and earthing and words like that. It's sort of like I'm channeling my inner hippie. Yeah, very um, punchy vibes. Yeah, I mean, I do like daisies, to be fair. I'm, you know, I've got a couple of daisy toe rings somewhere. I don't know where they are. Um, well, you can't oh, deny that you are a hippie, but <laughs> is that not the reason? I used to have on my Twitter profile that I was a cynical hippie, um, which I think sums me up quite well. I think that fits. Yeah. Um, also, I think some people think that I have a kind of anti-authoritarian streak and I might be, you know, trying to stick it to the man or something. Um, other people might expect me to say something about having a kind of foot fetish and it kind of you know arouses and excites me to walk barefoot. Some people are very strange. But no, 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 no. Um, ultimately, simply, I think the main reason is because uh, I just my feet get too hot in closed shoes. They just I just feel uncomfortably warm and stuffy. And it's like sometimes when I put shoes on like proper shoes, it feels like I'm, I'm wearing two bricks on the bottom of my legs. And doubly so because I walk around a lot or, you know, I'm, I'm when I'm traveling, I'm usually traveling on transport in enclosed spaces, little leg room, dodgy air con. So I'm going to get a bit warm and sticky and stuffy. Uh, and I don't want to be more warm than I already am. Um, it is, however, true that I do like the freedom that being barefoot gives me. You know, that, that casual, relaxed style, that sense of being unrestricted. And I mean, as I say, I mean, after having been barefoot for a while, it does feel very weird to put footwear back on. Even if those footwear are just sandals, it still feels like it's unusual. Um, and I mean, we've talked about my hike across Great Britain a few times on previous spaces. And my hiking companion, Becky, <laughs> on that hike, uh, pointed out that when I was barefoot, I tended to be happier and more comfortable and more bouncy. Um, so you're generally more comfortable when you're barefoot? I'm generally more me, I think. I'm, I, 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 it, it, yeah, it's one of those things that it, it makes me, I'm going to say happy. I don't know if happy is the right word, but it makes me, it makes me more relaxed. It makes me more chill. It makes me a bit more. more yourself. Yes, very much so. Do you barefoot everywhere then? Like even in the pub toilet, just everywhere? I've been in many a pub toilet barefoot, absolutely, uh, and it's not as bad as you'd think. Um, but um, I'm, I, mean, I think we may talk about this later. But uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, sort of like dog poop on the streets and things like that. It doesn't really matter what shoes you wear; you're not going to actively stride through it and walk, you know, purposely through it. You're always going to avoid it. So it's just a case of looking where you step. And if you're barefoot, you're just looking where you're stepping a bit more. But no. I don't go barefoot everywhere. Shock horror. Although, as I say, whenever I wear sandals, I'm reminded why I prefer to be barefoot. 
Is that a dyspraxia um, element coming into that, that you, you trip well, more often in sandals as well? You'd think so, but that's not necessarily true. We'll come on to dyspraxia in a minute, I think. Mm -hmm. um, generally speaking, for me, it's, what stops me being barefoot is um, underfoot conditions, mainly. So I don't like gravel because gravel is evil and comes from hell. Uh, trails mm -hmm. littered with small stones, that sort of thing, which is, you know, quite a popular British thing. And most footpaths yeah. seem to be on quite sturdy we'll around. We'll come the terrain a little bit more a bit later yeah. as well, I think. But also, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's underfoot conditions and some wilder environments are often unsuitable. So, you know, I, I, I really like woodland and a fair bit of woodland is, um, you know, fairly overgrown or full of twigs. Twigs are not nice to walk barefoot on uh, and prickly yeah, flowers. Could, could um, you run barefoot as well, which we'll talk yeah, about a bit more about later. That, so that well, must be quite dangerous if you haven't well, already. You'd have thought so. Yeah. The other thing that I do is if I'm in sort of somewhere new and I don't know the feel of the environment yet, then, well, I'll do two things. One is I'll often, you know, I'll sit on buses, look out the window at the pavements and go, mm, yeah, that looks all right. Or, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I do the same on Google Street View as well. And, and, and yeah, we mentioned running. And so if I'm going to a new park run venue, what I will do is I'll walk around the course the day before in sandals um to see what the lay of the land is like and to see how it feels oh that makes sense um, yes. so yeah so we will go more into um barefoot running a little bit later but is there a big difference between sort of walking barefoot and running barefoot hmm. i would say no and the differences between running and walking barefoot are the same as the difference between running in running shoes and walking in running shoes so i mean I think your walking style is quite different if you're wearing running shoes as opposed to, you know, walking boots or something like that. And you wouldn't do a park run in walking boots or office shoes. But if you're walking around in, you know, trainers, and I used to do this as a teenager quite a lot, uh, using trainers as casual footwear, everyday footwear. Uh, I don't remember there being much of a difference between my walking style and my running style. Um, I think the biggest difference isn't between that. The biggest difference is between both and doing it barefoot. So the way you walk and the way you run is 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 quite different to you know, when you're barefoot as to when you're wearing shoes. Yeah. So uh, are your reasons for barefooting in your daily life the same as your reasons for hiking and running barefoot, or do you get something different out of those? I I'm going to say yes, it is the same. Although when I'm hiking, I suspect my the mental health side of it the the feeling relaxed and feeling chill is probably greater with hiking because it's like, you know, I'm in the wilds and I feel free. I feel unencumbered. I feel happy. Yeah, it does feel a bit hippie-ish, doesn't it? But it, I was it, about to say, it, feel, it sounds like you maybe have got slightly hippie-ish, crunchy reasons for wanting to do your <laughs> <that thing. laughs> Oh, God, no. <laughs> I, I make a very bad hippie. Although, I mean, a lot of my lifestyle in general does tend to those corners yeah um, I, I i quite like muesli and, and granola <laughs> i find muesli tiring to eat it's like a workout for your jaw <laughs> it is it is i mean i generally have it with yogurt but um <laughs> yeah if, if it's bad muesli or bad granola then it it's tiresome and i just mm. it's, a bit like, it's a bit like wading through cardboard but <laughs> Decent stuff is actually quite, I actually enjoy it. 
I think it's quite, I think it's quite, um, it's very much me. I'd rather have that than a bowl of cornflakes because cornflakes is boring and vanilla. Well, we might end up having to have a space on breakfast foods at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> Every meal is breakfast if you think about it logically. <laughs> you have said this to me before and I have to say I can't find a hole in your logic for it. But bringing it back to your barefooting. <laughs> Being barefoot in different weathers must be quite challenging, especially in the UK. But what I really want to know is what's worse, right? Being barefoot in the snow or barefoot on really like hot tarmac or sand? Or do you mind being barefoot in the rain or is that really sucky too? I mean, it's bold of you to think, imagine that I've ever been barefoot in snow or on very hot sand and tarmac. I know that you've been barefoot in snow. You sent me pictures. <laughs> Yay. Um <laughs> Yes. Well, um, so in my experience, the two biggest weather issues that I've got for being barefoot are damp and heat wave for very different reasons. Heat waves, obviously, the easiest one to explain. Cement and tarmac gets literally too hot to walk on barefoot. You see it in the, you know, the memes that go around in the middle of summer um, about dogs. And you wouldn't walk a, if you don't walk barefoot on a on a tarmac surface in the middle of the day in the middle of summer then your dog wouldn't either um and it, it's happened it doesn't happen a lot in the uk but it certainly happened on my trips in like for example in southern africa where you know i stepped off the plane i walked across the tarmac to the terminal building and then realized that i could not do this anymore so the mm. sandals went on because it was just far too hot um the worst is sand um hot beaches are not fun uh, I mean, sand isn't fun at the best of times. I really don't like sand that much. Um, but, you know, an early afternoon under a clear sky, blazing sun, that's burny, burny. It's not good. Just asking for trouble. But damp, mm. damp, damp is a little weirder. Um, so it's two things. Uh, firstly, water is an adhesive. You wouldn't sort it because you use it to wash things off. But again, if you walk on sand after you've just been in the sea, you'll know exactly how sticky sand uh, water can be. Mm. Um, so in damp conditions, my feet pick up. You don't really notice them when you were when you're wearing shoes, but even a smooth, flat pavement may have little bits of stone and pebble and everything else and dust. Yeah, and like grit. yeah. So in dry conditions, I don't notice it. But in damp conditions, I notice it a lot more. So every single step is just a little bit more uncomfortable because I can feel things poking into my skin a bit. Mm. Um, the other problem is damp leads to cold. So you asked about walking in snow and, you know, I've, I've, I've done that for the gram, as the kids who used to be cool used to say. But <laughs> what I've realised is that it's a lot more comfortable to do in dry conditions, in dry climates. So, for example, it was um, several degrees below zero in Quebec province when I went a few years back to visit a friend online. And it was snow. I think it was uh, early April and it was quite snowy and quite thick snow. So, you know, I had a bit of a dabble outdoors barefoot and... It was fine. It didn't feel anywhere near as bad as it often gets above freezing in a snowy UK because our snow, well, our entire climate is more humid. Dank. Dank is a good word. Um, and it basically means you feel cold more because physics. I've no idea physics. I had the same teacher for four years. He hated me. I didn't remember a lot. But <laughs> what I do know is that if it's damp and, you, um, and you've and you got water, water makes things feel a lot colder than they are. So uh, you see it in hot weather. So, for example, a very humid day in summer in the UK feels a lot more uncomfortable than a very dry day, even if the dry day is much hotter, because yeah. 
the wetness of the humidity gets into you and soaks you and just makes you really angry. You feel um, like you can't breathe properly. Yes. Rain is interesting because although I don't like walking barefoot in damp conditions, if there's a lot of rain and you've got like huge puddles on the floor, then that kind of negates the adhesive issue because you're walking through the puddles and that just washes your feet anyway. And mm -hmm. there's immense, immense advantages to not having wet socks because wet socks is the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, that's how you get yourself trench foot. Um, but I think you sort of touched on this um, when you were talking about sand, but it must be quite challenging for you from like a sensory perspective with all these different surfaces. Like you mentioned disliking gravel, disliking sand. Are there other surfaces that you really don't like to barefoot on or are there any that you really do like to barefoot on? Mud. I don't like mud. I've never liked mud. Um, I know a couple of barefoot runners and hikers who really enjoy the soft sensations of mud and the squitchiness and the, you know, the traipsing through the wilds with muddy toes. And for me, it's just squick and icky. It's like, you know, why, why I, I, am, I am not a wet, messy fetishist. No, I don't like that feeling. It is, however, easier to wash a foot than a boot. So it does have those practical advantages. But on the whole, I'd rather not step into a muddy, into a very muddy patch of grass pavement can go either way there's this is not something that people would really notice there's a lot of or unless you've got a push chair i guess or a wheelchair um there's a lot of malformed paving uh, there's a lot of cheap tarmac where you can you mm -hmm. know can still sense the stones they make it with or where the pavement itself is quite cracked and full of potholes now there's an awful lot of paths that you're like that used in park run so the course description on the Parkrun website says tarmac and you get there and it's as rough as a sandpapered glory hole. This is <laughs> why I make those jokes. This is <laughs> this is why I, I generally walk the course beforehand. And also, wherever possible, as I say, to I bring up Google Street View to look, look in those parks, although Google Street View in parks is sadly looking. And mm. or people have taken pictures of it in snow, which is quite common, but not helpful. Um, that said, I mean, some tarmac is very smooth and very comfortable. And like the one, uh, both my local park run, most of it is like that. There's a bit that's a bit um, potholy and, and gravelly, but it's only about 200 metres and it's fine. Uh, and the park run I used to do in Sheffield was entirely smooth, lovely tarmac. and It was great. Um, where was I? Uh, I got distracted by tarmac. And yes, also... Surfaces you do like to barefoot on. Yes, so I, I do like to barefoot on that on that smooth tarmac. Also, the um, in some town centres you've got smooth paving slabs, some of which look a bit like you know small bricks uh, in that kind of small brick like pattern. Cobblestones. Not quite like cobblestones. The best way of describing it is it looks like parky flooring, but maybe oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, that's usually really smooth and really nice to, to walk barefoot on. And cobblestones themselves are actually okay. You mentioned cobblestones. Um, it's a bit like a foot massage, except when they're damp, because then they become slippery and dangerous. But to be fair, that would be the same for me when, even if I was wearing shoes, because I have all the balance of a TV transmitter. I rather think you fall over a little bit more often than most TV transmitters, to be honest. I mean, that's because TV transmitters tend to be about 300 metres tall and, and held in place by guide ropes. I am not <laughs> held in place by guide ropes. Maybe that um, would help. <laughs> I, I, I have friends that would insist that have actually said that it would. <laughs> mm -hmm. But when I hike, 
um obviously are hiking mm-hmm. boots and I really struggle with blisters like a lot do you get fewer blisters because nothing's rubbing on your feet or do you get more because of those little bits of grit that you mentioned before um I tend not to these days I mean when I first started barefoot running I'd get small blisters and they would actually be blood blisters quite often rather than normal blisters ouch I get. I assume they're blood blisters because they would be kind of that darker colour that blood blisters often are. Um, but I get them on the fleshy part of the bottom of my second toe, always there. And mm. yeah, I, I, I suspect it's because of the way I run, and also similar reasons. I get them on the side of the ball of my foot, but I get them very rarely now. Presumably because my feet are quite hardened. Uh, it's more likely to happen the longer my route is or the rougher the surface is. So, you know, a, a five kilometre park run is fine. 15 kilometres through the suburban pavements, that's probably pushing it. But I never get blisters or pain, uh, you know, in awkward places. They're never painful. You know, the ones like, you know, the back of the ankle or somewhere like that. I'm mm-hmm. honestly more likely to get other kinds of injuries because, you know, I have the spatial awareness of a blindfolded bodger having been <laughs> spun on a fairground wheel for five minutes. <laughs> As I said before, I'm I'm genuinely surprised my little toes are still attached to me. To be honest, but yeah, no, I, I don't get blisters. Um, I, is it there about um, having toughened soles? Do you remember how long it took for your soles of your feet to harden up when you first started barefooting? I suppose it was a bit long ago for you to remember. Uh, yeah, it was. I don't remember how long it would have taken, but I don't. Um, I don't have the sense that it took terribly long, otherwise I wouldn't have done it because, you know, I, I'm one of those people that gets, um, if something is not easy or something takes too long, then I'll just give up and do something that's more interesting and easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't so, think you would have stuck it out for too long if it no, was very painful? No, I don't think so. Surely. But the thing is, I mean, it's only been in the last... I'm going to say 10 years that I've done a lot of my barefooting. I was always quite, well, not when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I hated the idea. But, you know, from when I hit sort of mid-teens onwards, and I always kind of did it off and on. So, you know, started in little bits and then gradually did it more and more. Um, so I guess I, I kind of got myself used to it slowly and accidentally. Yeah. Kind of like a kid learning to play the guitar in fits and bursts, just gradually developing those calluses. Yes. yes surely, I'm... if you've been if you've been barefoot in a lot mm. of the time for at least the last ten years or so, you must at some point have stood in some dog shit. Surely, do you carry baby wipes with you or something just in case, or a first aid kit in case you hurt yourself? I carry tweezers um, to remove anything sharp, but I don't have to use them very often i i've I've stood on broken glass before and not noticed gosh you really Uh, must have some big foot calluses (laughs) yeah well i mean i I say i haven't noticed what i've gone is feels a bit weird why is my foot not hitting the fall properly oh there's a bit of glass stuck in it let's pull it out it doesn't hurt what i will say about dog poo is quite interesting though it's like you know i mean you wouldn't carry wipes normally for that if you're wearing shoes and you're still going to step in dog shit. So why would you carry wipes if you're barefoot? Um, you, what do you do? What do you? That is the thing. What do you do if you've got dog shit on your shoe? Wipe it off on the grass. 
there we go. So all I would do is exactly the same thing, wipe it off on the grass, and it's probably easier because... Well, um, I would also then take my shoes off when I got home, and you can't really take your feet off. Well, yes, but also imagine this. When you're wiping your shoe, note that your shoe often has tread on it, and you should mm. wipe, the big, you wipe the biggest bits off, but it'll stick to the tread, and it'll get into the tread. So, you know, those little gaps between where the tread is, and you'll you'll have those stuffed with mud and it'll take you a while to wipe, to wipe it all out. Whereas if you're barefoot and you wipe your foot on a, on the grass, you're basically wiping the whole thing off. So you don't get it on very much. It doesn't stick very, very much because you're just wiping mm. it off anyway. And the act of walking will certainly wipe it off as well. So in the long term, it's not actually that much of a problem. And it's probably your, your shoes probably get dirtier than my feet do. Um, it's probably easier to wash your feet than it is to wash shoes. Yes, absolutely. And as I say, you just if you just wipe your foot on a piece of on, you know, a grass verge or something, it's pretty much all gone anyway because of the nature of the way your foot is. But, it, there's nothing for the mud to stick to, essentially. Well, what about things like ringworm, hookworm and like other parasites like ticks and things like that? Have you ever picked up anything like that from barefooting? I mean, no, but. Remember who you're talking to here. Um, I never check that sort of thing. Hashtag not a role model. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, we mentioned on my hiking spaces how I, I tend not to, you know, check myself for ticks because I, you know, lose interest. Yes, that that and spaces also, and the personal safety spaces have both made me worry a lot more about you when you're traveling. <laughs> this, this is part of the reason why some of my Twitter friends have a bookmaking book on the ways in which I'm going to die and are genuinely sometimes surprised that I haven't. <laughs> Remember also with things like ticks and parasites and such like that, it's a lot easier to find them if they're, you know, between your fingers than between your toes, especially the underside of them, because my leg doesn't bend in, you know, sort of 180 mm -hmm. degrees. I can't swing my leg round at the knee to look directly underneath my foot. It'd be useful if I did, because then I could, you know, paint my toenails better. But um, <laughs> generally... Those, it, it's hard to tell. And I've used things like, you know, the selfie function on my camera and it's basically set it to, well, just not press any buttons on it, just set it to be working and used it kind of like a, you know, a, an exploratory surgeon, surgeon looks <laughs> inside of you. But it's not actually that easy to check those sorts of places. Yeah. So generally I just assume it's fine and don't worry about it. Um, I'm still alive. As you say, I'm not a role model. It's fine. Have you ever been stood on by somebody that is wearing shoes, like in a crowd or anything? No, surprisingly not. But, you know, it's it's rare that it happens when I'm wearing shoes either. I mean, how many times have you had your feet stood on in a crowd? That's true. I mean, a couple of times, but also I'm a lot shorter than you, so people may not notice I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is one thing. I mean, even barefoot, I'm still like one metre ninety tall, so... Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine me in high heels? I'd be like sort of fucking <laughs> there somewhere. Well, I can't imagine you in any kind of shoes, really, to be honest. Um, I have heard as well that you have been recognised by your feet before. What's that like? I, I just want to go back a step here. Have you ever seen me wearing shoes? Um, I have seen a picture of you wearing shoes, but that particular picture was from quite a while ago and it didn't look like you to me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, have you ever seen me wearing sandals? Barefoot sandals. But not proper sandals. 
don't think so. That's interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember anyway. Have I? I? I don't know. I mean, we've met a few times. I don't know. We met in London. Was I what? Was I barefoot in London? I think you were barefoot in London. Well, in barefoot yeah. sandals in London. Yeah, yeah, that counts. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, anyway, yes. So, what was the question? I've, I've, uh, have yeah. I been recognised by my feet? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I know you have. So, what was that like? Was that weird to be recognised by your your toes? <laughs> I mean, it, it. So, I mean, I personally have a very bad memory for faces, so it's something that I could probably relate to. I think it's cool. Uh, it is my most distinctive part. I would say it's probably my least unattractive part. And with a name like Barefoot Backpacker, kind of pretty obvious if I'm in a crowd of people and someone knows that the Barefoot Backpacker is in the building. It's going to be fairly easy to spot, I suspect. Um, you know, it's like if I put on boots, do I just instantly obtain plus five to stealth checks? <laughs> I reckon so, you know, that could be just how you disguise yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clark Kent wears glasses. Um, <laughs> you just wear a pair of shoes. I wear shoes. <laughs> you often do sort of wear nail varnish and toe rings and stuff like that to prettify your feet. And so it's probably part of why you were recognised by feet. Um, is that more for yourself or is that more for other people? Bit I of mean, a deep question, sorry, just blindside you with that one. <laughs> Uh, I mean, my principle is, you know, I am the barefoot backpacker. There's a fair chance that my feet are going to be on show. Even if I'm wearing normal sandals, there's a fair, there's a fair chance you're going to see my toes at least. So if you're going to have to see it, they might as well be blingy because there's no sense in, you know, publicly displaying feet that are gnarled and ugly. Because yeah. if we're being honest, let's be fair, and you'll probably agree with this, feet are not very pretty in and of themselves. They're not my favourite. <laughs> they're not. They're not many people's favorite parts of the body and in fact i have known several people who are very close to me who hate feet um mm. and don't look at me when i'm barefoot so i, I, I can cope fine with your your feet being bare but if you asked me to touch your foot then i would struggle with that <laughs> i am not going to ask you to touch my feet Hooray, I would want a pay rise. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, sort of anything that spruces feet up can't be a bad thing. Uh, I mean, it does help that I like it, and I especially like the toenail varnish because it uh, it matches the rest of my quirky and vibrant style. Um, it gives it looks, gender euphoria. It gives me fashion euphoria. It gives me body mm -hmm. euphoria. Uh, it, looks, it looks weird when I don't have any on, I'll be honest. And yeah. the sparklier, the better. Although, I mean, to be honest, right now, they're they're kind of a, a vibrant, bright purple. They're not sparkly purple, but they're bright purple. So sort of mm -hmm. like the same colour that I really like my hair to be. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you've mentioned it as well, but I am often wearing what you might call barefoot sandals. So uh, they're, crocheted yeah, thinking... foot, like, they're crocheted foot coverings. Crocheted? Yeah. Crocheted. 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 I can't speak English. Crocheted. <laughs> Coverings a friend of mine made to you know make it less obvious that I'm barefoot. Plus, it's a convenient attachment point for a clip-on daisy, usually found in the hair, just to add to that funky clothing vibe. Um, yeah, but you're definitely not a hippie, like you said earlier. And <laughs> um, your barefoot sandals probably they're mostly about avoiding detection, yeah. So that at, at first glance, somebody might just assume that they're normal sandals. Is yes, that because? 
people generally react negatively to you being barefoot in public places or? I mean, the reason why I've got them is because for exactly that reason to, you know, stealth mode. And they do allow me to feel comfortable exploring a barefoot lifestyle preference without putting myself into a position where I'm challenging people over it. So, you know, I've, I've gone into museums, restaurants, etc., and no one's batted an eyelid. Uh, you know, walking down the streets a breeze, no one really notices. Um, people have loved the style of them. People have been genuinely surprised when I reveal the fact that there's no soul underneath. So it's only really when you're paying close attention or if you're looking at me from behind does the truth become obvious. So, you know, they don't have a strap behind the Achilles. So it's clear that my heel is bare. But mm. apart from that, most people, when I'm walking down the street, if they even notice at all, um, will just go, oh, interesting sandals. And I think one of the things that I've discovered over time is that people just don't notice because yeah. people are too busy thinking of things to themselves. And, you know, mm. I rarely notice what anybody else in the street is wearing. Yeah. Or what you exactly. Do either. exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I have a really bad memory, so I'm not the best person to ask about that. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I am more conscious of the fact that I'm more obviously barefoot. If I wear clothing on my legs that doesn't reach down to my ankles, so, you know, if I, I quite like the Capri shorts look. So obviously, if I'm wearing that, then even if I'm wearing barefoot sandals, it's a little more obvious that I am. Yeah. Barefoot. But I've not had any comments about it, at least not very many mm. comments about it. I, I don't know how many people are, you know, taking photos of me behind my back and putting them online because <laughs> I've never noticed and I've never looked. But <laughs> but it, it's one of those things that is in my head more than it's in reality, if that makes sense. It's, yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. I, I, like I, most social anxiety, really, is yes. not... We're far more worried what people think about us than, like, most people just aren't thinking about us. They're too wrapped up in what they're doing. Yes. Um, I should have asked you before when we were talking about, like, prettifying your feet with, you know, foot jewellery and nail varnish and stuff like that. Hairy toes... Do you shave them, wax them, embrace your inner hobbit and let them grow? I'm far too tall to be a hobbit. Um, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I am <laughs> very dysphoric about body hair. I don't like body hair. I don't like the fact that I have body hair. Mm. I, I tended to run a beard trimmer over them every so often. And if I'm really trying to impress someone, I will shave them. Um, mm. Not that anyone looks that closely. No, it's a bit like my toenail varnish. It's, it's, it looks nice from a distance, but don't get too close because you'll see how crap I am at doing it. Um, but <laughs> Relatable. Say, yes, toes are not the easiest things to shave because of mm. their shape and their size. Uh, yeah. I have never tried waxing them. I mean, I'm open to the idea, but it would just be a waste of a waxing strip. <laughs> you're, you're very open about your barefooting, and you are also very much online 10,000 twitter followers woohoo um oh did you get that extra one well done um i was going to follow you with my out account <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know you had so, an alt account <laughs> nobody does um, so you must have must have had um folk fetishizing your feet before because you're <laughs> online and you have bare feet how do you handle that <laughs> Oh dear, there are maybe some people listening to this. Um, mostly. Sorry, um, backpackers, mum. My mother does not have a foot fetish. 
No, I was just apologising to your mum for bringing up foot fetishists. Oh, uh, believe me, there are worse things that I could discuss that my mother has no um, interest in. And we um, probably did on the personal safety while travelling spaces. <laughs> we absolutely did do it on the per on the personal safety while travelling space. We did it several times. I may have supported my mother on that. Um, <laughs> so, um, yes, I am. I, I mean, my... It isn't at the moment because my Twitter profile by uh, my image is of uh, an alien for reasons. But normally my Twitter profile and certainly my Twitter banner and my banner on lots of my social media sites is of lots of feet. Um, so it's something that is blindingly obvious, as you'd expect from someone called Barefoot Backpacker. So I'm going I know full well that I'm going to attract a certain crowd and I handle it partly by ignoring it. Um, my Facebook page in particular has a fair few followers with display names that make it perfectly obvious that they're not interested in the travel side of my online brand, to put it like that. <laughs> I don't get as many messages as you might expect. I don't, I don't think enough people are interested in it for me to make a living from OnlyFans. You've also got to remember for that sort of thing that my VA is responsible for my video content and she's not fond of feet. So the thought of that disturbs her in ways akin to some kind of eldritch horror. Yes, indeed it does. <laughs> <laughs> that said, um, if, if men, and it is almost always men, uh, are willing to give me money for something as low effort as wiggling my toes at them, then it'd be weird not to take advantage. It's not my fault they have a fetish, you know. <laughs> um, so it doesn't really bother you if people are like getting off to your pictures or whatever, as long as I mean, they're not showing you. I, I'm I'm trying to work out if I want to know if they're getting off to my pictures. I think I probably do. Um, bear in mind as well that my most popular blog post has nothing to do with travel. And there is at least one image on, me, on that blog post of me tied to a bed. So yeah. I am 100% certain that people follow me to get off. <laughs> That's not why I follow you, if that helps. <laughs> Do you think that that sort of fetishization would be more pronounced if you were like a cis woman? Like, is barefooting sort of more socially acceptable for people who are read as female? Or hmm. I think society views bare feet differently depending on how you present, yes. Um, I mean, for example, uh, one of my good friends is a woman, a cis woman, well noted for having a barefoot lifestyle does it even more than me and it's seen as quirky but and different but it's not necessarily seen as weird in that sense mm. and i know several barefoot runners several barefoot hikers of many genders and identities i don't know if this is something i'm internalizing but i feel that when society sees a barefoot man their thoughts range from homeless bum to weird hippie whereas barefoot women it's it's I think it feels a bit more mainstream in society. It's, it's like, mm. um, it feels a bit more like, it's not that you'd expect to see it, but it's less surprising. It's less of an affront. It's less of a challenge. It's less, it's less difficult to comprehend. And that is connected with, I mean, your, your question on, on fetishizing. Um, fetishes tend to be a male-led thing. And mm. more men are heterosexual than homosexual. And, um, you know, if you're bisexual, it, you're kind of immune to this argument in a sense, because you can go one way or the other. 
And since society is largely male-centred, it's kind of fitting that barefoot women would be more acceptable in society, especially if society is dominated by male culture and Italo yeah. male culture, to be absolutely precise. Yeah, and that, um, there's a very sort of small C conservative sort of fetishization of the whole barefoot pregnant woman yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I am sure that there are people with blue ticks online, Matt Walsh, who... Um, <laughs> who would absolutely espouse the barefoot and pregnant lifestyle. Mm. Yeah, it seems to be quite a growing market at the moment, it, targeting young younger men, the, the conservative. But yeah, we've wandered away from barefooting again, so I'm going to come back to hiking. Um, it must be very different barefoot hiking to like wandering around town barefoot. Um, you sort of mentioned a little bit about um, terrain before, but you must also have to deal with things like brambles and inclines and all that sort of thing. Is hiking in those sorts of conditions not easier in boots? Well, let's, let's deal with hills first. You know what I think of hills. Um, <laughs> inclines. Inclines are much easier barefoot. Declines are not. Now, I don't know why. Um, I think it's something to do with force applied as you hit the ground. But when barefoot, I can slide my feet into places better when, you know, scrambling up a rock waterfall or a country trail. Um, mm. So it gives me it, it's not it's not that it gives me better grip. It just gives me better control. And it because I'm barefoot, I'm also lighter. Um, so it's just easier to bounce. Whereas going mm. down, I've got more force on my foot because gravity, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. As I say, I, I don't know anything about physics uh but it's like jumping i'm always a bit wary of jumping down things that it as it is more so if i'm barefoot because i know that the impact will be harder uh also remember that i'm carrying a heavy backpack so that will mm. add to your mass and therefore the force when you hit the ground mm. um, most of the trails i barefoot on are rock based or they're solid compacted dried mud on earth and i don't know the best way of describing that but everyone knows a footpath like that or it's grass now all of those services wreck really well also, I don't tend to go off trail that much. Um, as I said earlier, forests, I love going barefoot in the woods, but only for short distances, because who knows what's lurking underneath those leaves. You know, you've got, on some of the trails I go on, you've got the occasional dandelion thorn or, or thistle or something like that. I live in Scotland. Um, but my main issue, and I'm thinking more specifically of parkrun here, certainly at the moment because of the season, but it happens on the trail as well. It's tree fall. And I don't mean leaves, but I mean things like buds and horse chestnuts and pine cones. Mm. So most of them I can avoid, but some of them are very small. And in my local park run, there is a, it's about 170 odd meter stretch of straight path that goes absolutely underneath the trees. And at the moment it's covered in, in conkers. Oh. To, the, to the extent that last week, in the parkrun briefing before the before they start, they specifically said, if you're a barefoot runner, be careful. Yeah. I've never felt shouted out like that. Also, I wasn't actually better. Well, I was I was wearing the I've got very minimalist barefoot running shoes. The the, the soles about four millimeters, so they're very thin, but they work. Um, mm. and they're a lot better at cushioning things like that. So I can I can use them to run and walk because I've hiked in them as well over gravel and over tree fall much more comfortably than if I'm barefoot. Mm. 
We are going to talk about this a lot more when we do a future space on sport and exercise while traveling. But um, you were talking about forces there. Doesn't it hurt your feet hitting the ground at speed when you're running barefoot? Actually, no, it's more the opposite. Running barefoot, it's quite easy on the body. And I think the best way of describing it is that your running style is very different. I alluded to this earlier. But essentially, when you're running barefoot, you're running more on the forefoot. Uh, you know, sort of the ball of your foot, yeah. And rather than striking with your heel. So when you land, the ball of your foot hits the ground, barely touches it before you're off again. So you're kind of bouncing, and the back of your foot almost doesn't touch the ground either. So it is literally you're you're kind of you're kind of bouncing rather than running. You're you know you're lightly kissing the ground with your feet rather than stamping on it like a marauding elephant although i still mm. do stamp on it like a marauding elephant because i have the tact and you know spatial awareness of a marauding elephant um <laughs> but because, but because much less of your foot hits the ground there's less scope for injury there's less scope for hitting something nasty and it's like um you know by the time you've put your foot on the ground you're two steps further on before your foot's noticed what you've landed on so i mean things like gravel I can really hate walking on gravel, but running on gravel is actually not as bad as you'd think. And it's I, I prefer running on gravel than walking on it. Mm. Not for not for a long period of time. So it becomes a problem if that is the entire route. Mm. Um, but certainly, like as I say, in, in the park run that's close to me, there's 200 odd meters of broken, effectively broken tarmac. So it's it's potholy, it's got a bit of gravel on, it's got a bit of rogue stones. And because I'm running it, I can cope with that a lot better than when I was walking around the course, checking out to see if I could. Yeah. Um, but there's another parkrun venue in the north of Glasgow called Springburn. It's very, it, it's similar in, in texture to the one I do, but there's a, a longer stretch of knobbly pavement. And I've never quite worked out because I've never done, I've only ever walked around the course, I've never ran it. Um, I've never quite worked out if that knobbly stretch is long enough for me to go, yeah, no, I'm not going to do this barefoot or not. Mm -hmm. Because, as I say, because when you're running it, it will feel different from when you're walking it. So it's hard to judge. It's also hard to judge how far it is because I have no sense of time or distance. So yeah, It must be hard to estimate how long it's going to take you to run across something because you don't know if you're going to end up slowing down because of that surface. Yes. Uh, one, of, one of my friends online lives in Sheffield, one of my friends online, and I've met her a few times, um, is a barefoot runner. And she, I mean, she does things like half marathons barefoot. And there's a series of park runs in Sheffield. And you can tell which ones she prefers by the times that she does in them. So some of them, she'll like do a 23 minute park run. There's a couple of routes that she's done, a couple of um, courses that she's done where her times are about 31 minutes. And I know just by look, just by that fact alone, I know what that surface is like. Well, that's a handy metric to have in your back pocket. <laughs> it is. And, and she doesn't really do anything outside of Sheffield, which doesn't help. But yes, it is a very useful, very useful metric to have, judging by somebody else's uh, somebody else's Parker and times. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's handy though. Um, especially knowing that they barefoot as well. That's that's yes. gotta be good for you. Um yes. so recapping a little bit, um, and 
bearing in mind that you're very much not a role model, right? What advice would you give to somebody who is wanting to barefoot a bit more often, but like for the reasons that you've said, but they're a little bit sort of anxious about it? Um, I would say it's not something you can just straight out and do. Um, You do very much have to work your feet in because, you know, the sensations will be different from what you're used to. And it can be quite overstimulating because if you're used to wearing shoes all the time, then you're kind of deadened to what it actually feels like. And not everyone would enjoy that experience or that sensation. Um, I was going to say it's like wearing a hat, but it's not really like wearing a hat, is it? It's like, um, I don't know, really. It's like wearing gloves on a cold day. Sometimes some people don't like it. Some people do because they like they enjoy the the sharpness of the cold, I think. I'm sure there's a better metaphor than that, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, Also, just be, don't go too hard. You don't have to push yourself to extreme limits. Just because you can doesn't mean that you have to. Um, Just because you enjoy, you know, walking down your garden path barefoot doesn't mean that you're going to go out and do a marathon. Also, I mean, I'm not barefoot all the time. I know people that are, a few, they exist, fair play to them. I'm not doing that. Um, so even I have sandals. I very rarely wear closed shoes, only generally if the snow is bigger than my toes or if it's a really, really, really dry day and my sandals are broken, which is what happened in May this year. But yeah, I, I, I'm not always barefoot. Um, the other worry that you may have is that I mean, we mentioned it earlier that people would think weird things of you if they saw you doing it. And as you say, it's like if you walk down the street, just walking down the street normally, just everyday walk, and then you get home, you try and recall what everybody you passed was wearing. And chances are you won't remember a thing. Even if you're paying attention, you won't remember a thing. Now imagine that. When you're walking down the street, most people are lost in their thoughts. They're on their phones. They're, you know, thinking about their job. They're thinking about their partner. They're listening to something and concentrating on that. Or, you know, they're hurrying to catch a bus or they're trying not to be seen by somebody else. Or, you know, they're not going to be seeing you. They're not going to be concentrating on you. And there's a fair chance that they won't remember you when they get back. Few people will notice what you're doing. And even fewer people still, you will notice that they've noticed what you're doing. So it's fine. Don't worry about it, I guess, is is the bottom line. That's a fairly nice bottom line to have, I think. I'm not sure that you have me entirely convinced, especially in the winter in the UK. Um, uh, well, I, mean, I, I, I don't. Um, <laughs> I'm also not entirely sure you've convinced me that you're not a crunchy hippie, but we don't judge you for that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what a hippie is like, but I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, as I say, I like granola. I vote green. I like daisies. I'm often barefoot. And people have imagined that I'm a vegetarian because of the sorts of foods I used to bring into the office. Mm. I am not a vegetarian. <laughs> so if you want to follow Barefoot Backpackers Adventures, then they are on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and Twitter and all of that. And you can find the links to all of those places and the Barefoot Backpackers monthly-ish newsletter 
ish because the barefoot backpacker has a terrible VA who needs to be fired. Um, and you can find the link to all those things in Barefoot Backpacker's bio, and one of us will probably tweet it underneath this space when it finishes as well. Barefoot Backpacker does also have a podcast, which I mentioned earlier, called Travel Tales from Beyond the Brochure. And that covers all things sort of travel related from places like Kirby and Ashfield all the way to places like Vanuatu. Um, but also covers lifestyle topics. Don't know how else to explain that. From barefoot life stuff like we've been talking about today while being dyspraxic to things like being a kinky asexual. Um, you can find the Travel Tales podcast on barefoot-backpacker.com but also on your podcast player of choice. The next space that we're doing, I believe, is the one on sport and exercise while you're travelling. It is. And hopefully yeah. by then I will no longer have a sports injury making me really cross about talking about sports. <laughs> is is pole dancing a sport? Of course it's a sport. I mean, I consider if it... Makes, it... If it makes you sweat and it's not actual shagging, then it's a sport. <laughs> I mean... I would. I mean, I consider it more to be a form of exercise than a sport in itself, because there's um, competitions and stuff. Competitive mm. pole dancing. Yes, I was going to go into competition until I tore my shoulder off. Well, that's your fault. Falling off pole, isn't it? Yes. Well, I shouldn't have given it so much welly. <laughs> but mm. that's another story. But yeah. So in our next spaces, we're going to be talking about sport and exercise and keeping fit while you're on the road and all that sort of stuff. And so we will almost inevitably end up talking about barefoot running and hiking a bit more in that as well. well I'm sure we'll talk about the running a lot because, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, park run and stuff like that. Um, yes. As, and still, we're, I don't know if this is like the ninth or tenth spaces that we've done so far, maybe even more than that. And okay. I still don't know how to end them without it sounding like I'm on a phone call. Saying you bye end. bye bye, ring me when you get home. Um, you end them like this. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope this has been informative. We'll see you again next time. Bye for now. And remember, if you're feeling off colour, keep on getting better. Perfect. Well, it would be perfect if I could then, you know, find the right button to end <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Travel Tales from Beyond the Brochure. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave a review on your podcast site of choice. Travel Tales from Beyond the Brochure was written, presented, edited and produced in the Glasgow studio by the Barefoot Backpacker. The theme music is Walking Barefoot on Grass, bonus by Kai Engel, which is available via the Free Music Archive and used under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International Licence. Previous episodes are available on your podcast service of choice and show notes are available on my website, barefoot-backpacker.com. If you want to contact me, tweet me at rtwbarefoot, email me at info at barefoot-backpacker.com or look for me on Instagram, Discord, YouTube or Facebook. And don't forget to sign up for my newsletter and if you really like what I do, you can slip me the cost of a beer through my Patreon in return for access to rare extra content. Until next time, have safe journeys. Bye for now.